everyone. This is Chao Wen recording in、um, May 2023. After finishing the first season of the Conductors Podcast, I have decided to give this podcast project a dedicated website. With more user-friendly functions, so now we have a brand new website called theconductorspodcast.com. Straightforward, right? And now we also have its own、um, Instagram handle. It's also the same, the Conductors Podcast.、Um, so、um, all the show notes have been moved to the new site, and I invite you to come check out all the resources. And happy listening. <music> Hi there! Happy end of May, and welcome to the fifth edition of the Conductors Podcast Wisdom Series, a new series full of shared life experiences and, of course, wisdom. This series is aired on the last Monday of each month, and in each episode, I'm going to pose one question to ten musicians, conductors, or business gurus. So, including myself, you'll hear all the goodies from a wide variety of people. That's called the Wisdom Series. Now, without further ado, let's get started. This month's question that I'm asking my people is: What networking methods have worked for you? Okay, I have to confess, I asked this question for selfish reasons because I am terrible at networking. I am very, very awkward when I have to speak with strangers. I am the kind of person that thinks more than I do, and I need to observe people for quite a while before I know how to approach them. So you know, like back when I was going to conducting workshops, I always try to go kind of in the middle at like maybe the third or the fourth one, so I can watch the ensemble a little bit before I have to go up. And kind of okay, see their tendencies, how they react to other conductors, how they interact with others. Um, before I can make my move, I am terrible speaking with strangers. But of course, that's proved to be a very important skill to have. And I would say now I'm a little more comfortable. I actually use um this podcast and also Girls Conduct as my networking tools. It wasn't intentioned to be this way, but it's kind of became the result of it because of the works that I do. People reach out to me, or、um, I am able to be introduced to people also doing great works. So I have expanded my networking and my friendship circle, if that's even a word, much more broadly. So that told me the best networking style that works for me. Is to be like really good at something that I do and I'm known for, and bringing great people. I can't tell you how many people that I got to be introduced to through the other people that work with me. So, like you know, my core members at Girls Who Conduct will connect me with someone that they thought would be useful. My colleagues here,、um, like playing solo with me, or the composers that I worked with, wanted to introduce me, like or, or hook me up with someone else that they admire and appreciate. So that's something that I am more comfortable with, and 
better at as networking, even though <laughs> this is very far from the traditional sense of networking skills. So that's why I'm super excited about this episode because I got to ask this question to a lot of great people, and that's your what they have to share. My first. Guest answering this question today is a dear friend, Michelle Rafano. She is a conductor and also founder of Protestra. She was my guest in episode number three when we discuss how to program a specific thing that happened to be also to be supporting social justice. If you missed that episode, make sure to check it out. So. I always ask the conductors I assist, like you know, if I get along well with them, if they appreciated my help, if I have a lot of respect for their musicianship. I'm never afraid to ask just for advice or for connections. Like there have been plenty of times that I've assisted someone, and then towards the end of you know the concert cycle, end of the production, I would say, "Hey, you know, could I ask you for some advice? I am still looking for work next year, or these are the next steps I'm trying to take. Like this is the repertoire I'm trying to work on. Like, do you have advice? Do you need an assistant conductor next season? Do you knew, know anyone who does? And almost always, that has turned into future work for me. Whether it's they hired me for something again, or whether it's they said, "Oh, reach out to my friend at this company or with this orchestra. Like, send them an email. Let me know when you do. I'll also email them." And so, you know, I have cold emailed a lot of people, but, and I don't always get responses, of course. Like, you know, if you email head of music at an opera house, they're going to be very busy. But, you know, if they see your email and they might save it, if they need a future assistant conductor, you know, if you email them, like, I'm available this season, I'd love to be a cover conductor, they'll probably save it in case they need someone. And then if someone, you know, if one of their colleagues that they really respect in the industry has also recommended you and said, oh, so-and-so was a really helpful assistant conductor, they're more likely to call you. And I've honestly gotten a lot of calls that way. And then when you're recommended for something, you show up, you do your very best to do a good job, of course. Honestly, most of the work I have gotten has been that way, where I have asked for advice or asked for connections or asked for recommendations, or I have just sent some cold emails. And then based on my references, like they check with my references and my references recommended me. So it's putting yourself out there and not being afraid to ask for opportunities, being very grateful for all the opportunities you do get and just showing up and like being as helpful as you can. And then you'll get recommended for more things because people want to work with people who work really hard and who are nice to work with. So <laughs> next we'll be hearing from Kiernan Steiner or Dr. Kiki. She is a decolonization consultant and also choral conductor. In episode number 17, she talked about how the decolonization journey had helped her to connect with her own voice and her body. All types of networking methods. Every person that you come in contact with is someone that is going to remember who you are and the impression that you made on them. I believe that it's really important that we acknowledge that every interaction deserves respect and deserves compassion for where we find ourselves in, especially today in a global pandemic, in a lot of situations that we, we weren't expecting to find ourselves in. But in our networking, that we put our humanity first and realize even if we're connecting through social media, so Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of the ways that we connect, whether in person or over the computer or on our phones, that we are engaging with our community and other people that are finding the love in music the same way we are. 
and that we all can do this work together. The next person is Tiffany Chan. She is also a conductor working in opera and orchestral world. Her episode, episode number four, from fear to courage, is one of the most popular episodes of this podcast. So I've always been really scared and oh, scared of networking, and I found that what has worked for me is one-on-one conversations. With like-minded people about topics that resonate with us, and I'll unpack that a little bit. So I'm an introvert, and I don't do well in large group settings. It always feels very awkward for me, and I'm always scared of it. So I much prefer one-on-one conversations. So I don't feel like I have to have. I'm not pressured into inserting myself into a conversation. It's just a two-way street. And when I talk with like-minded people about Topics that resonate. I don't feel like I also have to say the right things because we can go deep really fast, and we really resonate with what each other are saying. And so, because I don't do small talk very well, usually the best conversations that I have are natural and easy because we're able to share what we're passionate about. We're able to link up. What we are currently thinking about, and we resonate with each other, and find that we share those same passions. I always find that those conversations, time goes by really fast, because we are able to have that kind of depth of connection. So, I also find that you can't really do that very easily with people who are not like you, who don't care about what you care about, and who don't want what you want. So, I am more. I'm trying now to find people that are like-minded, who want to talk about the things that I want to talk about, and try to do it one-on-one. And that has allowed me to gain a much wider network of people that are in the industry and also outside of the industry. Coming up next is my dear friend Emily Cole. She is a composer and also as the composition faculty at the University of Georgia in Athens. So I'm an introvert, and I know that it takes me a lot of energy to interact with people. Where I can, I tend to interact with people virtually and through chat rather than in person because it just takes so much more effort. Joanne Harris is a film composer and conductor. And her episode number thirty-six was a very special one because we talked about how she composed for commercial music and her idea about, you know, like mentoring the next generation of composers and how we can work closely together. And that was a really special one. And if you haven't checked it out, networking I find works best when you are genuine. And you authentically care about the art someone else is making. I think networking works best when I've struck up conversations with other composers or directors sometimes just by sending an email because I saw something they did and I liked it, not because I needed anything at the moment, just because I wanted to say, "Hey, I was a fan of this," you know. And ninety percent of the time. No one's going to write you back, but that's sort of like the manifestation thing. Like, I want these creative people in my life. I want to do art like they do art. I want to be in their circle, and so just putting it out there into the inner into the universe. But like being grateful for their gift and telling them so, I think is really a nice way to start conversations. 
Coming up next is Dr. Caroline Walton, and she is a longtime partner in crime. <laughs> we had co-hosted Maestro as、um, Professor Series during the pandemic, and her episode discussing、um, conducting studies in general will be upcoming. I didn't necessarily. No, this sounds very naive looking back, but nobody actually pointed out to me during my conducting study training, and certainly not my formal conducting training, that that was a component of a conducting career. I think I've figured that out more recently, and I think the thing about networking—I mean, it's a bit of a buzzword. It's something that we have to do, but I think really forming genuine connections with people outside of. Looking for work is helpful. That people can get a chance to know you as a person, the kind of person you are, the kind of work that you do, and I think things potentially then can flow on from that. So I would say making genuine connections with people, investing in people, taking the time to get to know people, their roles within organisations, a little bit more about the organisation themselves, rather than kind of I guess. Being the conducting equivalent of a telemarketer, where you kind of call up and and sort of you know sell sell yourself、um, <laughs> in the first phone call, it's maybe not the best strategy. I've learned. Next, we'll hear from a dear friend, Stephanie Harry. She is a stage conductor, and in episode number thirty-two, she talked about her work as an opera director. Networking really depends on where you're at in your career. I think that as a student, you want to talk to your professors and mentors about your goals. Always be talking about your dreams, your vision. Where do you want to be in five years, ten years down the line? If you can speak that out into the universe, there's really a practical aspect to doing that because your professors are going to be really great at thinking of how to create opportunities for you and people to put you in contact with, and they're going to help you build that network. And your network is maybe the most important thing in building a career. You do have to network, but when you're young and starting out, you don't necessarily have a product to sell. So I think you want to lean on your teachers, your professors, your mentors to point you in the right direction. Later in your career, once you're established, you've worked quite a bit, you have a resume, then you have what I would call a product to sell. Then it's useful for you to attend conferences and take meetings with general directors of opera companies because you can pitch a product to them that exists. You can say, "Look at all of these things I've created and all this work history I have. I'd like to do that for your company." But as a young person, you don't you don't really have that product yet, and that's okay. So I think you're looking for work opportunities, and you want to let your work speak for itself. So whether there are opportunities that exist for you, you can also create your own. You can, you know, produce your own show at your school or at a small theater in town, and that's how a lot of folks get started: is building and creating their own opportunities. Susie Sider is a really exciting guest. She is a film conductor, and she conducts a lot in this. Genre called orchestra pops, and in her episode twenty、um, nine, we discussed a lot about systematic gender bias in this industry. If you're up for it, mostly natural friendships. A lot of my clients, I start off with like favors. They have smaller projects or things like that, and I just help them out and charge them a friend rate, and then they get something big, and then they hire me. 
Last but not least, my two guests, Ashley Killam and Carrie Blosser, they are co-founders of Diversify the Stand, which is an organization commissioning educational works for different instruments to diversify the stand. And their episode about their commissioning works is in number twenty. I am a really good emailer. Like my cold emails come across really well somehow. So that's been really helpful for me. Is I just if I want to get involved with an organization or do volunteer work or whatever, I just send an email being like, "Hey, here's my background. I would love to do blah," and I've gotten really good responses from that. Would you mind sharing your emailing tips? Because a lot of people are not good at cold emailing, like including myself, and I would like to know. <laughs> I always say like "good morning," "good afternoon," and I try and keep a really like I'm a pretty like bubbly, upbeat kind of person, so I try and really keep that. I do limit my exclamation points in my emails. I feel like anyone, <laughs> I just kind of get to the point pretty quickly and say, "Hey, I'm this person." I really like that your organization or whatever, like whatever you're trying to get into. I really like this about what you do, and then say like what you would like to like if you are like emailing them to like get money for something. Like you can't just email someone and say, "Hey, give me twenty thousand dollars." That's not a relationship, and that never works. So it's like building relationships. If you want something in the long term, just say what a really nice salutation at the beginning. I really like this about your group. I found out about you. Blah. I'm interested in in being involved in this, and then see what happens. And when you're emailing too, I like to like if someone emails you back, try and respond in a few days, right? If you get someone's attention, like if you can, I set pretty hard boundaries of weekends and evenings, like of not responding to certain things, just because I need that time to decompress from everything else or work on our book or whatever. But try and be consistent returning emails because then you're going to get in for those opportunities. So to summarize. Be nice and greet people from the beginning. Talk about their organization, why you are contacted them, but be really concise and show them what you can offer, what you want to do for them, and be timely and responding. Great, that's wonderful. I like that answer. I was going to do that. If you don't see what you want to do out there, then you can make it for yourself. You just gotta figure out how. And I hope you have been enjoying the special episodes each month. I certainly had a lot of fun asking everyone all these questions. As I say, it started as a kind of selfish reason because I was curious, and I don't ask, I don't get to ask people those kind of questions in you know usual conversation. So it's been really fun for me, and I hope it is the same for you. And please consider subscribe for the podcast, or tell a friend who you think would benefit from listening to this great experience sharing from a lot of wonderful professionals. And I will see you again. Bye. Take care. Thank、you